0: Well, hello everybody and thanks for coming to the We Work Weekends with Warren podcast. Today I am very pleased to have Matthew Murray as my guest. Matthew is a great guy and I have bounced ideas off of Matthew for a few years. Matthew has two different businesses. One of his businesses is Legal Shield, but the reason Matthew is here today is to talk about his comedy business. Well, enough about me talking. Matthew, how about you introduce yourself now? Well, hello. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very
1: much, Warren. My name is Matthew Murray, comedian Matthew Murray, if you're Googling it, because there are several famous Matthew Murrays, and I'm none of them. Um, well, you're the most famous Matthew Murray that I know. I am the fourth most famous Matthew Murray in the world, actually. So Fourth most? Uh, yes. There's the, the goaltender, there's the producer, there's the guy that shot up a Denver post office, and then there's me. So, uh, the fourth most famous. But this uh, actually just starting my twenty third year of stand up here. Uh, this
0: week It's my twenty third anniversary. Really? Yeah. Twenty third. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know that. Interesting. So I've been doing balloons for twenty years. Oh. Well, but I give go. my I give myself a balloon anniversary in August every year. Ah. So you give yourself a comedy comedy anniversary? Yeah. The first Tuesday in March, twenty three years ago, was
1: when I went to. Uh, an open mic well, open mic night they were trying to promote a new Tuesday at Yuck Yucks in Calgary, Alberta, so they did a bit of advertising for it uh, through January and February and about a dozen of us showed up that night the headliner gave a little 30 minute prep talk and that was my first time, I mean I'd been on stage many times before that, but as a full-fledged hey, I'm gonna do this stand-up comedy thing it was uh, 23 years ago Wow. So you're from Calgary? Yes, I'm from Calgary, so you can probably hear the accent a little bit. Eh,
0: No. Yeah, money,
1: oil, power. uh, Eh, Excellent. But uh, yeah, uh, born and raised in Calgary. uh, Went to college in Fort McMurray for dramatic arts. And I realized I'm never going to be six foot two. I'm never going to have a chiseled jaw. So I'm never going to be a leading man. So I thought if I'm going to spend my entire performing career being the plucky sidekick or the villain then I may as well get into comedy, where I can do it myself and write it myself and be myself. And uh, that's how I ended up uh, at that open mic in Calgary. Excellent. And you got the bug, and obviously it's going well for you. Oh uh, Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm in the 1% now of people who can you know, reasonably say they make a living off stand-up comedy. I, uh, it's not my only job. I've got a 4-year-old daughter at home, and to be a, a real full-time stand-up comic requires a tremendous amount of travel so i pick and choose my dates as i please and mm-hmm. i'm busy when the the season is is ripe and i'm quiet when i want to have time at
0: home so uh yeah it's it's been a very a very rewarding career choice the one thing i've often wondered about comics is you can go into some fabulous places and have fabulous crowds and then you go into other places that nobody wants to listen to you at all
1: yeah uh we hit them both uh i've done Uh, television shows, I've done halls of 2,000, 3,000 people here at TCU Place opening for larger acts like, you know, uh, Philippe Gagnon and Jerry Mm -hmm. D and stuff uh, where it's, uh, you know, soft seat theater and I've played to three and a half people in Fairview, Alberta two of which are drug dealers and the third one is there to buy from the other two drug dealers Uh, you get the full range Mm -hmm. and you, you learn. You have to cut your teeth in those poor gigs mm-hmm. to be worthy of the, the soft gigs. I've, I've seen comedians who have come up only playing the really soft, nice clubs, and they get eaten alive mm-hmm. playing the bar gigs. And likewise, I've seen guys that have been in the bar gig scene too long... Mm-hmm. And they can't take
0: the edge off when it comes time to do a comedy club. Interesting. When when I, my, my entertaining for those people that don't know, I am a full-time balloon twister. And that mainly means dealing with children. It also means dealing with the adults, but mainly the children. So when I do a job, I like a lot of back and forth with the kids. Uh, I don't mind actually almost, almost teasing the children. Uh, and, and you have to learn how to cold read an audience almost. You have about two seconds to, or one second to look at this child think, okay, this one I can tease, this one I can't tease. Yeah. But as a comedian, you have to cold read 40 people, 50 people. Yeah, and you know, every
1: time I try to read an audience prior to the show, I get it wrong. If I'm in a room and it feels like, you know, there's music playing and there's drinks, and like, oh, this is going to be a great show, this is going to be, and it it flops. And other times I walk in and it's cold and everyone's really tight, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a real slog and within the first 3 minutes we're we're loving it. So prejudging the audience is is a mistake in my opinion. Really? Uh it's really like just like you're interacting with the kids when you're tying their balloon. Mm-hmm. I'm interacting with the crowd when I'm doing my show. Like laughter itself contains thought. A, a stand-up comedian doing a show is a conversation. Mm. between the audience and the comedian we're going back and forth i'm just saying words and they're either laughing or not laughing so based on the amount of laughter the tone of it the the shape of the laugh sort of gives me the other half of that conversation and you know prejudging what i think they're going to be like doesn't work Mm -hmm. but if i as long as i'm listening to what the laughter sounds like then I can always tailor my show, you know, okay, with this one I can tease, mm-hmm. these guys want me to play with them, these guys are like, no, no, we want your canned rehearsed show, please, we want to treat this like television, Yes, and just yes. sit here and watch, yeah. uh, and the laughter will tell you that, and that it takes a little bit of time to develop an ear, like a lot of times comedians in the very beginning of their career, they're just thinking about what they're saying. These are the jokes mm-hmm. I wrote down. This is the material I planned. Mm-hmm. Am I delivering it the way I expected to deliver it? Are my hands in a good place? Is my body in a good place? And they're not listening yet. It takes a few okay. years to get out of out of the, the mode of just thinking of your half of the conversation mm-hmm. and starting to think about their half of the conversation. So,
0: so that would be your advice to anybody getting into comedy is to really... M- pay more attention to the crowd and their response
1: yeah and and tape yourself record it because when you're in the moment you you don't have enough mental capacity to be listening mm-hmm. you're still trying to remember your act but when you go back and you and you know you can well wa- i've had walked off stage you go, oh man i crushed and then i listened to the recording i'm like oh here's like 90 seconds where there was no laugh okay uh the 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 recording will be the the proof and most recordings, even what we're recording right now, you can see a little sound wave in- indicator of how loud the, uh, the volume is. So when you just visually look at the recording of your act, you can tell where the laughs are because that's where the, the wave bar gets really wide. Like that's where they laugh. Okay. So if you, if you look at your recording and it, it's just a real thin line of you talking, you didn't do very well. But if it's got lots and lots of of, of blips that show laughter, then you go, okay, actually, maybe I did do okay. And then when you go back and listen to it after the fact, then you can hear how you really did. So do you prefer to just audio record or do you video record? Video is even better. Um, uh, I don't like watching myself. Uh, I've got hours and hours of video of my act that I've never watched. Really? I've probably got two and a half like a whole hard drive like mm-hmm. 500 gigs of fully recorded shows that yeah. i just can't bring myself to 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 crack open and look at but you have to an audio recording is at least a little bit easier on you mm-hmm. because then you you know you're trying to hear a laughter if you start watching yourself you yeah. go oh man look at that, that look terrible that shirt looks bad yeah. so you should record yourself like uh, visually time to time okay just to see what you're conveying on stage right uh, and if you do have a good video recording um watch it on mute because sometimes you'll see wow I I don't move my head doesn't move or my you know okay. yeah. if you stop listening to it and you start mm-hmm. seeing it but don't don't beat yourself up about the video recordings the audio recordings are more than enough to help you refine your act and and mm-hmm. develop your ear
0: interesting interesting so you've given quite a bit of advice for uh new people make sure they listen and make sure they audio record how about the business side of things what would you what advice could you give not just a comedian but almost any person you know individual business
1: uh it's for business advice it really depends on your market like i'm here in Saskatchewan so i have to wear both hats i have to be the talent on stage and i have to be a business person so i got a website i've got interactive google advertising i've got quotes going out Like I'm I'm doing two jobs. I'm Mm -hmm. selling the act and then I'm being the act. If I were in Toronto or Vancouver, I could just pick up a talent agent or two and just worry about the show itself. So the business itself, whatever advice I give would be kind of regional to Saskatchewan. The the, the advice I would just say is, you know, be professional. Um, Who you are off stage is just as important as who you are on stage from the minute you set foot in the event, the whether it's a bar or mm-hmm. a comedy club or a college, uh, you're being judged at all times. All your emails, all of your conduct, all of your social media, you're being judged as a potential business person as much as you're being judged as a talent on stage. So just keep in mind that you know the rock the, the days of being a rock star and just demanding what you want and mm-hmm. getting it are gone. Uh, the business professionalism will go a really long way in the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then,
0: you know, your material on stage will, stay, will speak for itself. So, talking about myself here again, because, well, I am, um, I am often recognized in Saskatoon as the balloon man. How often is Matthew Murray recognized as the comedian?
1: Fairly often simply because I'm, I'm visually very distinctive. Mm-hmm. I, I make the joke of that I look like the comic book guy from Simpsons. Uh, the long ponytail gives me away a lot. Uh, I think I probably get recognized a little more often than the average comedian just because I stick out in a crowd. Okay. But what's interesting is I also get remembered as the comedian not so much hey there's Matthew Murray they go hey there's that comedian guy
0: and is that good
1: or bad well it's 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 a reality check that you know you may think your personal brand of Matthew Murray is so strong mm-hmm. it you're a commodity as a, as you're the comedian mm-hmm. it's a real step to go from hey you're a comedian to you're a named Talent, or like someone say, Oh, I saw Eddie Murphy, or I saw sure. I ran into Brent. But like, that's yeah. I don't have to say they were a comedian, I can yeah. they know that they are a comedian by right. their name. So I haven't crossed to that plateau of local fame too much, yeah. but it, yeah, at least once or twice a week, I'm getting oh. picked out, and someone wants to say hi, and they oh. saw a good show.
0: Sounds good to me once or two, twice a week,
1: yeah, it's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. always in restaurants, really. It doesn't always seem to mm. maybe I'm just spending too much
0: time there, but they're like, Oh,
1: I can see why you're overweight. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thank you. you, Yes,
0: exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, as as I'd mentioned earlier in a podcast here, that that Matthew also has Legal Shield with his wife, Melissa. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Legal Shield? Yes, just quickly. I mean, what Legal Shield was,
1: it's a a flat fee legal alternative. So I've been in some rough legal situations in my life. And I was not aware that legal Shield existed. Uh, what it is is rather than having high hourly rates, you pay one monthly fee and then you've got access to legal advice, uh, calls, letters on your behalf 24-7, fighting a traffic ticket, getting your mortgage done, getting your will done. Stuff that, you know, the, the, the rich 3% of the world know to have a lawyer and the, the 3% that aren't doing so well, there's legal aid. And then for everyone else, you know, well, hopefully you've got the three or five grand in your pocket when you need a lawyer. So it's, it's it's just a way to treat legal kind of similar to how we treat healthcare in Canada. You know, you go to the doctor and you get fixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't go to a doctor and say, well, I can afford you for half an hour. My leg hurts. Do what you can for half an hour and then I'll do the best I can on my own from there. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't do that with a lawyer. You should have affordable legal advice and that's what it's there for it's a passion project that my wife and i believe strongly in and so that's you know it's not something we fly the flag of too strongly i don't certainly don't advertise it at comedy clubs or anything Mm -hmm, like that but people out there someone listening to this is probably hasn't had their will done in three to five years or they're contemplating a change in their personal situation and maybe they're not doing it because they can't afford the 400 bucks an hour it would take to talk to a lawyer so sure uh, that's what that's for and uh, I feel strongly that uh, as Canadians we should have affordable legal access.
0: Yeah, of course. I know it's one of the most expensive things that people come across as legal legal advice for sure. Um, anyway, I'm going to put all of the links to uh, everything, uh, all of Matthew's businesses, his comedy, the legal shield, his Facebook, all of that will be in the show notes. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up here right away and um, So anyway, anybody listening, if you want to be on this podcast, if you think somebody wants to, a friend of yours should be on the podcast, please share it. Please like this, uh, post it onto whatever you want. It will be on every podcast that is currently available, at least as it becomes available. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap this up, Matthew? No, thanks. If anyone's looking for a balloon twister, Warren is amazing.
1: He has done balloons for my daughter several times. Uh, I'm kind of a celebrity at home because I know the balloon guy, so uh, it's like, she's like, you know him? I'm like, oh yeah, I know. So uh, yeah, if you're looking for a Balloon Twister award, it's uh, top shelf. Uh, always a pleasure to be working with you, and uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. We will uh, hopefully have another recording in approximately two weeks. will uh, That's the idea. Every two weeks, I'd like to post something. Anyway. Thank you very much for listening and everybody have a wonderful day and bye for now.